Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, Conversations with a Cause, with social entrepreneur Safra Zali. Saf came relatively late to entrepreneurship after working in both the public and private sectors. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur that's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as him being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare-to-work and skills provider. In these podcasts, he shares his thoughts with journalist Adrian Kibler. So, let's join the conversation. Hello and welcome to Canny Conversations with Safraz Ali. Conversations with a cause that we hope will captivate you cannily. Well, they said it wouldn't last, Seth, but we're back. How are we, you? We are back, and uh, we've had fantastic feedback in some aspects of it. Some of it, some of it glowing, and some of it actually just challenge you and shake you and and and, and makes you think and makes you wonder. But yes, we are back, and. Uh, uh, we we were talking about this earlier on as well to podcast or not to podcast, but we are podcasting. We are podcasting yeah. indeed, like a like an old married couple. We're yeah. back. Look, the stars have been the people that have been listening to us, haven't they? Yeah. We've had some wonderful feedback, and the great thing is that you learn. And this whole exercise is about starting a conversation and about about learning. So incredibly grateful for the comments that we've received. We're going to try and take them on board. And um, it, it, it's wonderful to be to, 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 to be back. It's wonderful to be doing a, a second series. And we hope that people will, will, will enjoy it, that they'll like and they'll subscribe and, and let us know what they think. So in very summary, I suppose, Saf, what we're going to do is our best. Yes, we're going to do our best, aren't we? We're going to do our best. And you can only do your best. You can always do better, though, Seth. Mm. We've got to try all the time to be <laughs> yes. the best that we can be. These are all phrases, aren't they, that we hear? Yeah. So when we're talking about best, give, give us your take on what, what What does best look like to you? How, how do you define best? I think uh, it, it means different things to different people. I mean, I've had situations where people say, well, you know, we've done our best as a, as a sign of not achieving what they want to achieve. And so it's a little bit of an excuse, maybe a little bit of consoling, but is your best enough? That's the question, isn't it? That's all one of, that's one of the questions. Is your best yet to come? Is best good enough? What does that mean? And it means different things to different people. Sometimes it, mean, it means an element of acceptance. Sometimes it, it means an element of, you know, we're, we're unhappy with the results, but we have to accept it. And, and take it and, and so forth. If somebody said to me, you know, well, I actually had a discussion recently. One, one, somebody said, you know, once we do our best, nothing, you know, there's nothing more that you can ask. And that got me thinking, actually, is our best due to our ignorance of what we don't know? Is our best really the best? How do we know that is our best? You know, how do we know that that is the limit, you know, that we, we could have achieved? And there's an element of reflection. There's an element of understanding. Your best could be your best as far as, as far as your knowledge is, as far as your limits are, but could there be more? I mean, I think when we talk about doing our best or when somebody comes to you and says, I've done my best. Yeah, I think we can accept that because they've probably done their best at the time with the knowledge, with their understanding and, and with, their, with the right motivation. And we, take, we have to take that uh, in a positive light if it's said with a positive, uh, in a positive way, in a way, I think that's the key for me, that it is the best at the time, or it can be the best at the time, 
but you know we we're living in a world which is evolving which is changing and it's about learning the learning and the journey and i think the two things learning and the journey is absolutely vital because you know we're hoping the fact that their best will improve tomorrow and you know you're going to be on that continuous learning because there's always room for improvement and you know there's a saying that we used before is that every day is a school day so you've learned something you've been more aware of it and you're continuously improving and i think that's where we've got to go back to the point that we're saying is doing your best a negative thing or is a positive thing yeah it's a it's a positive thing in some aspects but it can be negative if you're consoling yourself to say that's it for me because you've got to look you've got to have hope you can't lose hope yeah absolutely let me let me tell you what i think i i think there are two ways of measuring best numerically you can measure best in the sense of you know if for example you're playing a, a round of golf and your best score is 72 or if you're playing cricket you know your best score is 150 so there's a, there can be a numeric measure on best but that is not the defining that, that's not definitive for me because sometimes you know you can you know, playing a cricket match and you can score 150 on a, you know, a really easy wicket against not very good bowling. And yet the next game you can score 30 out of a total of 70 on a really nasty wicket against really good bowlers. And that can actually be a better performance, although that isn't reflected numerically. So uh, let, me, let me challenge you. Uh, good organisations, high-functioning organisations don't need to set targets because their people will always be motivated and they'll always do their best. And because you can't do more than your best, what's the point in having a numeric target? I think the first thing is, I mean, uh, you've heard this many people say this and I've said this many times as well. You know, what you measure, you can't improve. So it's, uh, you know, if you're, if you're not measuring something, then there's no way of, of improving something. You measured it, you can improve it. If you can quantify it, you can look at how you can make a difference and that's with life, that's with anything else. It's, it's conscious is the first thing. You've got to be conscious. You've got to be aware of where you, where you are, what you're doing. And you've got to be able to translate that to something. Otherwise, it's a very subjective thing in terms of, yeah, I've done my best. It's like, you know, getting onto a bike and you think, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do this up to, a, up to a point that I get tired. You might get tired at 20 minutes, but you might... And you might think that's good enough. But if you had a target to say, you know, I've got five more minutes as my target, then then you'll achieve that as a, as a target. Yes, I, I, I get the fact that you're best, but how do you quantify that? And how, and how do you get that challenge? How do you get the push in terms of doing more? And a lot of this is about doing more, getting more and, and being more. But part of it, I think, is just being honest with yourself. I mean, best is relative. You know, best isn't something that's set in stone. I mean, what, what one day we might go into work or we might set about doing something and we, we might have worries on our mind or we might not feel very well. Uh, and we do an honest job professionally and we've done our best. The following day, you know, we might feel on top of the world and maybe actually produce more, but not have given our best. I, I think it's very dangerous to always to try to measure best in terms of, uh, of, of numbers because I, I think it's much more complicated than that. Yeah, but there must be sometimes at times where, you know, you feel that you've done your best only to have some new, say, stimulus to force you to, to do more, to work harder discovering your new best or new current best it's an evolving thing it's not the best that you know it's the best maybe at that moment in time 
but you've got to be able to sort of put something to understand it. Some there's certain things that, as I said, we know certain things that we don't know, but it's 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 really pushing you to your limits and constantly striving. It otherwise it's an element of acceptance, and it's not about gratitude or not being humble, but it's really, is there any more? Could there be more? And I think that's a continuous journey. You know, you talk about, you know, we've talked about marginal gains in the in before. We talked about David Brailsford, you know, marginal improvements, continuous improvements, innovation, improving. Otherwise, it's an element of mediocrity. It's an element of acceptance of this is it. This is a ceiling. You've got to keep pushing that ceiling in everything that, you know, we're doing. So it's not just a matter of best is enough. Your best is yet to come. Well, that, that might be the case in some circumstances but you know if you're an athlete and you're in your 65 then you know the truth is your best probably is is in the past best is subjective and an objective thing you know if, if, if somebody said to us you know you know which of these podcasts do you think is the best one then essentially we're making a subjective judgment aren't we that that might be slightly different, isn't it? That's a probably slightly different example. I mean, what, what you know, what we're talking about as the starting point is, if somebody says, "I've done my best and my best is enough," often that is consoling themselves to say, "You know what? I've done what I can. I can't do any more." And it's different to say, "You know, I'm putting my best clothes on," or "You know, I'm, I'm having the best food that I can." That's a slightly that's that is the subjective element of it. That's what you feel is is the best. It's where you use the phrase, and 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 often we're using that to really designing ourselves to say, you know, that that was fine. You know, we're okay with that. And in reality, often people aren't. They're not okay with it, but it's an element of acceptance. You know, if you were forced to do more, if your life depended on it, would there be anything more? It's like in, in the month of Ramadan. You know, when we're refraining from eating and, and, and drinking for a period of time, in normal times, I would struggle. But because I'm forced to put myself into that position, I can refrain myself for 16 hours, 18 hours. But in normal, I'm, I'm sort of hungry at 11 o'clock in the morning. So, and it's that element of really pushing, pushing the boundaries, pushing that sort of ceiling. And sometimes giving ourselves an excuse to... It's a get out clause often. It's an excuse. It's a reason. It's giving, it's consoling. You know, I've said that a few times. It really, you know, you're, you're just patting yourself on the back, consoling yourself, saying, yeah, that's fine. And at times we need that obsessive behavior. We need to be focusing more. We need to be sort of pushing ourselves, not resting on our laurels, not having complacency, but having the courage, keep going, keep pushing, keep driving. And at the same time, maybe be in a position where you look at the environment, the climate that you're in, you know, you talk about SAS and so forth. You're pushed. People are pushed to their boundaries and even pushed even further. If it was left to people's own sort of sense of, of being, uh, left to their own devices, they probably wouldn't have. So it really is that pushing your boundaries, pushing, not being comfortable. And I think comfort ourselves by saying, I've done the best that I can. And often there's more to come. And I think that's where best relating to performance, not relating to, as I said, the podcast example they gave or the clothes example and so forth. It's about performance. It's about high performing environments and creating a high performance culture. I just want to sort of slightly explain what I mean by objective and subjective. You know, what is the best car? Well, 
what the best car is, is um, uh, if you're looking about, you know, what's the most comfortable, what's the best looking car, that is a subjective judgment. If it's what is the fastest car or what is the most economical car, then clearly that can be measured, you know, numerically. But in terms of doing your best, yeah, I take your point. You know, it, it, it can be a cop-out. You know, I, I, you know I've, I've done my best, so that's good enough. Sometimes your best has to be good enough. And, and one of the, 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 you know, the lessons that you learn in life, and, it, and it's a I mean, tough lesson, is sometimes you genuinely do your best and it's not good enough. And when that happens, you know, it's quite important, I think, not to beat yourself up. And there's also this business of sustainability. You know, you nobody can work at full gas all of the time. If you do that, if you run an engine in the red all of the time, it, it, it will break. If somebody works all of the time, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, they can't do it forever. So sometimes looking at sort of big picture rather than small picture, sometimes not doing your best on a particular day uh, actually, in, in the long term, is good for you. You know, I'm, I'm a man of a certain age and I work out and I exercise regularly pretty much every day. But there are some days that I just know that I haven't got it in my legs. And the best thing to do is to either, you know, have, a, have an easy workout or perhaps give myself a, a day off. And that's actually the best in terms of my long-term health and, uh, and well-being. Do, do you not ag- agree? Yeah, some aspects, uh, some aspects. I mean, it's, it's a continuous thing, isn't it? I mean, I think we are talking about the same thing, but we're talking it from a different perspective. And, and you know, I'm again focused on performance. Yeah, I mean, I can say I've already surpassed my best. You know, I had a, I had a target. I've done my best. I've already surpassed it. But in you know, how do you reach the next level? How do you reach the new level? And I think a lot of it is about potential. And when people look at potential, often say, well, actually, you know, this person has got much more potential and they're not achieving what their potential is. And it's a perspective and a perception. The individual might be thinking, I'm struggling as I am and I'm giving my all just to get where I am. But it's really, is there any more? And it's really that element of, you know, and often that little bit more in this continuous journey of more. And it's not about putting your foot down at all times is about different way of thinking, different way of improving and where the improvements can be. And it's not necessarily about working hard. It is about looking at things from a different perspective. As I say, you know, we, you know, we often word, use the word working smarter, but it's really getting that overview of how can the improvements be made. And the word that I tend to sort of look at is what can be done better. And if you can look at what can be done better rather than, I've given it all, then you're asking an open question. And if you look at what can be done better on an ongoing basis, then the questions really changes. And is then, you know, is this the best that you're aiming for? Could you do more? And it's like, you know, you've had, you know, say we've had you know, series one, our, our aim should be with series two to improve. You know, we're saying, well, actually we've done the best that we can and that's it. That's the bar that we've, we've, we've set ourselves. Then we've given up. We've got that. We've got to set that bar higher. We've got to really push ourselves further and set that bar higher. Uh, now, I think I think there's a confusion here, Saf, because I don't think saying I've done my best is necessarily saying I can't do better. You know, you may, on a particular set of in a particular set of circumstances, have genuinely done your best, but that is that is not the same as saying that I can't do uh, even better. 
you know, and also how to what extent do you think best is relative? I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. You know, if somebody, you know, says, you know, who's the best English football manager? Uh, the best English football manager in the in the last sort of 15, 20 years, then I suspect somebody might say, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson or Arsene Wenger or, or Jurgen Klopp. Now, I'm going to throw a name into the pot. I'm going to throw Alan Kirbishley into the pot. That's where he deserves to be, doesn't he, eh? Anybody from South London probably tell you that. But a lot of people would say, Alan who? Alan who? Alan Kirbishley was manager of Charlton Athletic for a period of time. Little South London club, not a lot of money, and yet they were permanently in the... The, the Premier League, in the context of the resources that were available to him, you could make a very strong case, in my view, to say he was one of the best ever Premier League managers. So best has to be said in some sort of context, doesn't it? It's not, not universal. It, it is, and you've completely baffled me with some of the names because they, 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 they don't, they don't much, mean much, much, much to me. And I, but but I, I, I'm a very simple guy, and at the end of the day, you know what? We look at ourselves first, and we look at you know what? Am I doing my best in my in the work that I'm doing? And and uh, and I think we need to challenge ourselves and look at you know the course that we're we're, we're doing. You've got to be able to get feedback. Feedback is absolutely vital. I mean, we've, you know, we started this podcast and saying, well, we've had feedback from from different levels of people. If we thought we were we we've done our best, why why is the point of getting feedback? You've asked people to actually to look at improving. If we weren't thinking of improving, we're not thinking of doing better. That's it. You know, we've come for the second series and you know what? We've set the bar at, at the first series and that's enough. We're not rest, not resting on our laurels here. We're, you know, we want to get more. We want to squeeze more out of it. I want to get more value out of you. I want to get more, I want to give more value to the audience. Well, I, 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 yeah, okay. I don't think you've been listening or understanding. I have not been saying that because, yes, no, in the first series on. we've done our best. That doesn't mean that we can't do better. <laughs> yeah. but, but because, because you do your best, it doesn't mean that you can't do better. And it doesn't mean that you, you, you shouldn't strive to do better. And you get feedback because that helps you to do better in the future. But it doesn't mean that at that particular time you haven't genuinely and sincerely done your best. So, so please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying because you've done your best at something, that means that you're sort of complacent and saying, I can't do better. If I've if I've given you that impression, that's not what I'm saying. No, no, no. But we, we, as I said, you know, earlier on, I said we're talking similar things. We're talking very similar things. There's two contexts to this. One, which is that it's about improvements. It's about continuous improvement. It's really about setting the bar higher. It's about results. It's about outcomes. It's about seeing things and saying, you know, what could I have done better? There's another element of how we perceive people and, you know, as I said, you know, I could say to you, this is a good film, best in terms of good film, you know, best in terms of, you know, this, this particular manager is a good manager. That, that's, that's an element of, you know, we regard that in a positive light. But when you're thinking about best, you've got to start thinking about better. You've got to thinking about improvements. You've got to, you know, you know, what does best mean? As I said, it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a personal word. It's a very, a very um, individual word to, to, to different people, you know, best clothes, best food, best restaurant, you know, there's got to be some element of that. That's fine in, in that context, but on a personal level, in terms of the team, what's the best team, you know, at work as an example, or what's the best team at a particular uh, season, a football and examples you've, you talked about before. 
that's where the competition comes in. That's where the measurement comes in. That's where the improvements come in. That's where you're setting yourselves further targets, setting the bar higher. You know, you're focused on outcomes. You're focused on improvements. You're focusing on results. You know, the continuous improvements regularly. Those are the sort of things we're, to, we're you know we're talking about. So we are going around the houses a little bit in terms, some aspects of it, but exactly, you know, exactly that. It is is the word doing your best a cop out. In most cases, I think people console themselves. They they sympathise. You've done your best, and that's an element of really giving a little bit of assurance to that person. At times, it's said after the event. And after the event is really an element of a slight pity, maybe a little bit of uh, assurance, consoling. But when you look at it in terms of doing your best, it's uh, being aware, but also certain things that you're not aware of and really getting maybe this is where coaches come in. This is where somebody else comes in and looks at it from a third perspective, overall bird's eye perspective or a third, like a third eye perspective. And you will see things that you're not seeing. And therefore you think, actually, you know what? I could do more. I could, you know, I can do more. And you open up your um, yourself to to giving more. It's it's really accepting the fact that there could be more, overcoming, analyzing, being a little bit more data aware, conscious. And there's an element really to being not comfortable. You know, we can't be comfortable to a certain level to say, yeah, that's that's fine. You know, otherwise you're just accepting that's your limit. Well, I, I don't think that's, that's the case at all. Uh, and I also think, you know, if you let, let, let's talk for a few minutes about targets in terms of, of being being best. Actually, you know, numeric targets can be a huge barrier because what happens is you, if you set somebody a target, then that they may well be able to, 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 to do better than that. But the target can be a limiting factor. You know, targets, you know, you can at sales companies and businesses where, you know, you've got a, a, a target to sell 80 widgets this week. And you know you can sell 100, but you know that if you sell 100 next year, you'll be expected to sell 110. Whereas if you expect to sell 80, then you'd have a 10% increase in your targets for next year. So people who are canny can actually, and this is all about being canny this this year, but, you know, people can actually start to understand that. So so numeric targets can be, be hugely limiting. And, and what's the other great limiter in terms of performance? Great limiter in terms of performance is demotivation, is people not being confident. Now, if you set yourself a target, a numeric target, then you might achieve it and you might not. But if you set yourself a target to do your best, and you don't cheat yourself, because I accept entirely what you're saying. Yes, yes, you can use it as a cheat. You can say, I've done my best, when you know that you haven't done your best, which isn't the same thing. If somebody says, I am genuinely going to do my best, then they cannot fail. And therefore, if they don't fail, the confidence will increase. And so will the performance. Why do you know some of the, the most charismatic and effective managers in the world uh, not just in the field of sport, but in other things, tell people to go out there, to express themselves, to enjoy themselves, because they know that if you do that, that is where you will perform best. If you start setting people numeric targets, you, you in many cases are setting them up for failure. And when you set people up for failure, what you're likely to end up doing is, is demotivating them. So you're actually degrading the performance rather than 
I, I seem to have touched an over here, I think. Adrian, there's a lot there that you've said, and I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to digest, dissect some of it. Um, I think we're, there's a quite a lot that we do agree on. You know, you might, you know, you might think that that's not the case, but there's a lot that we agree on. I think we're talking a couple of different things, but there's a few things that we do agree on. Best is different things to different people. There's no doubt. Uh, it can be objective, but it's often subjective. For some customers, you know, we talk about from a customer's perspective, it can be best price. It can be best customer service. It can be best range of products and services. You know, I'm not disagreeing with that uh, in any way, shape or form. You know, the best car, the best can be the fastest, the best can be uh, in terms of experience, customer service, all of these. So they can, there's an element of objectiveness. There's an element of, you know, measurable best. There's an element of subjective best as well. And all of these are common day language, you know, how people communicate, you know, and, and the word best itself. We're not trying to analyze what the word best is and what context people use the best, but it's, you know, when people say, is my best good enough, you know, is good enough, good enough. And it's really sometimes, and we're not talking about perfection here because, you know, we, you know, we, we've, we've spoken about perfection before. We'll probably speak about perfection again. You know, people talk about, you know, perfectionism and, and so forth. That's not what we're talking about here in terms of best as in perfection or best in terms of achieving 100%, but it's a continuous journey. It's a continuous journey. And really, it's it's about being conscious, being aware. I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, we had a, we had a, a Google Ads campaign in, in our business for a, a government project called Kickstart. And we, we, you know, we had a, you know, we've got our marketing guy, you know, he went and did a little bit of research and he says, well, you know, it's a very competitive word at this morning time, Kickstart, because we've got quite a lot of competition. So the price that we've got to pay for a click is a little bit more than what we normally pay. But there's a, it's a very competitive word and we'll do the best that we can. And because he's a marketing person, he's looking at it from that angle and he's looking at it, you know what, I can only achieve X amount of leads. Those leads weren't good enough for us. So he was looking at it, the problem in a slightly, in, in that way, way only. So, you know, the, the basic answer was, uh, is that the only way we can generate leads? You know, quite rightly, no, that's not the only way. So we were looking at multiple streams of leads. Uh, you know, you've got Facebook ads, not just Google ads, you know, you could do direct mail, you can do all of these. The end purpose was about fulfilling that criteria. If we led it to our marketing team, they would have said, well, we've done the best that we can and that's it. But that, uh, that for us wasn't enough. You know, we wanted to be better than the best and it may be a best in terms of that and we've accepted that, but there may be, you know, again, the tweaks that you've got to make. And it's a continuously looking at it. So you can't just say, well, I've done what I can and not look at it continuously. This is where you get feedback. This is where you get other people's views and opinions. And you look at where you can make improvements. And if you have a, a feedback culture, if you have a culture where, you know, you're talking to customers, you're talking to internal, external customers, you're getting views, you're getting, I mean, this is one of the reasons why we get reviews from people, because we want to, we want to look at improvements. We want to look at continuously pushing that boundary, pushing that ceiling and setting that bar, bar higher. And that's, that's the context that I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of defaulting to because that's the best context that I know. Okay. Let, let me give you an example of where I think that you might want to think again. What are you judging your marketing person on? Is it, is it on the number of leads or the number of clicks that they get? 
Is that the judgment that, that you want to see improved? I mean, ultimately, it's about the customers. You know, it's, it, it is, uh, so it's about the end result. So, it, you know, so that, that's a mean to the, get to the end results. But, you know, if you're looking at, and again, you know, you have a sort of a funnel system. So you think, you know, well, we need to attract X amount of leads. Then we look at, you know, how to convert those leads. Then we look at, you know, our eligibility criteria. Then we've got to look at, you know, how many of those are eventually going to be customers and so forth. And there's a sort of a process that you've got to go through. But if you go, don't get the leads in the first place, then it will, you know, has a knock on effect. So if our marketing team's role was to get the leads and the leads aren't coming because the person was doing his best, that best isn't good enough for what we need as a, as a, as a business. And it's, and it's also because he's, he's looking at it from, from that perspective. And sometimes you've got to look at, and again, you know, sometimes, you know, this is where consultants or advisors come in and so forth and say, well, there's certain tweaks that you can make here. There's certain, you know, certain changes that you can make here to actually get that small sort of 1% increase or small increase. And that then gives you the dividend of the yield that you, you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fascinating stuff. So I, I actually think we are drawing to a close now, unfortunately. But I, I actually think that you, you, you've made the point that I was making very well for me because the problem with targets is if they're not properly thought through, people find themselves aiming at the wrong thing. You know, ultimately, the, the objective uh, of a marketing campaign, I imagine, is to win more work. Now, that's not necessarily the same thing as getting more clicks, because it's the quality of the clicks that matter, not not the volume. And if you set a crude target of, you know, we want a thousand clicks a week, you might get a thousand clicks a week. But, you know, the, the mechanic to get that might not be delivering the right sort of clicks. So I just think, and I'm not suggesting that you're getting it wrong, but I'm just suggesting that numerical targets is a very crude and very old-fashioned way of doing things. Uh, and that the best performing businesses where people are truly motivated, truly supportive, truly engaged, doesn't need to have targets because people will genuinely and sincerely, without cheating themselves or anybody else, do their best. If you do your best, then hopefully with the right guidance and the right tools, then, then the results will come. That, that's the point I'm making. No, that's that's fine. I mean, I'm not here to you know completely convince from you, you in terms of your perspective, but I think we're looking at it from a slightly different view, and you know we want to be better than the best. I think we want to look at but improving that and have an element of disruptive thinking and and squeezing more and more out and looking at high performance and creating an environment of high performance and pushing boundaries, pushing the ceiling, and uh, getting that you know squeezing and getting that little bit of ounce more and I think everybody can do more and we can change our thinking by creating an environment where it's a, it's continuously looking for improvements continuously looking for that performance creating a high performance culture expecting more and asking the the question can we do more and is more to come I think I think it's just changing that question around a little bit to say what can be done better? That's the question that I try, try and focus on. What can be done better? What can we do more? How do we improve? And really is that mindset of improvement. And hopefully we'll, we'll carry on thinking that way and have, have a journey where each and every single podcast in our example will improve and we'll do more. And it is with a mindset of improvement, continuous improvement uh, and, and getting better that we bring to 
uh, the, and end this kind of conversation with a cause. And uh, we hope that uh, our listeners will join us next time. Thanks for listening to this Canny Conversation with a Cause. These conversations are based upon the Canny Bites books by Safraz Ali, available on Amazon. To find out more, go online and visit Saf's website, pathwaygroup.co.uk, or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safraz at pathwaygroup.co.uk. This is a 1386 audio production.